Hey everyone, happy Giving Tuesday. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I am absolutely glad that you have joined us, and I am hopeful that you are supporting WDET on this Giving Tuesday. All morning we have been talking about the need to protect independent journalism and the wonderful musical shows that we have here on WDET. So I hope you are all doing your part. I want to start today by talking about the demise of local news organizations. Across the country, it feels like this is something that is happening in slow motion. Once or twice every year, we hear more about layoffs, about buyouts, and or cuts at our local newspapers. Last year, the University of North Carolina released a comprehensive study that showed 1,300 U.S. communities now have no news coverage. They have lost news coverage, far more than previously known. The same question is asked over and over. How can journalism survive in this era of online consumption and the demand for free news? A lot of outlets are putting up paywalls, requiring audience members to subscribe to get content, but some places are looking at a different business model. They're looking at becoming nonprofits. That's the road that newspapers in Philadelphia recently went down, and now the Salt Lake Tribune in Utah is following suit. Here to talk about why the Tribune has made that decision and what the future of nonprofit news looks like is the person who is tasked with steering the Utah's the Utah Papers transition. I want to welcome Fraser Nelson, who is Vice President of Business Innovation at the Salt Lake Tribune to Detroit Today. Fraser, welcome to the show. Hi. Well, I'm glad to be with you, and I certainly hope everybody does make a donation on Giving Tuesday. That's a great opportunity to be a part of the the match program. That's absolutely right. Um, let's start with you talking about the decision that was made there in Salt Lake City to make the newspaper a nonprofit and why the Tribune decided to follow this path. Sure. Well, uh, the Salt Lake Tribune is a statewide newspaper in Utah. We cover um, the entire state, and we cover it from an independent perspective. You know, Utah has a somewhat unique cultural uh, environment. We're a a big state with a lot of um, federal lands and state-owned lands, as well as a dominant uh, religion that plays a, a kind of an outsized role in politics and culture in our state. And the Tribune has been around for almost 150 years, providing an independent perspective and a statewide perspective on, on issues of local and national importance, like land, land use. And the paper, like a lot of papers that you cited, in, in the, like a lot of papers in the study you cited, has gone through a series of ownership from, you know, an individual and family ownership through a hedge fund. And then finally, a Paul Huntsman, who's a gentleman who lives here in Utah, purchased the paper three years ago in order to bring it back to local ownership and to sustain the paper. He found, though, he's a businessman, and he found pretty quickly that the business model for local newspapers of advertising revenue, classifieds, um, and print subscriptions just wasn't cutting it and wasn't going to cut it. And that's why we've seen uh, 2,000 papers close in the last 15 years across the country. Mm-hmm. So he decided to take the bold move to become the first uh, legacy paper to petition the Internal Revenue Service to become a not-for-profit. We really felt that adding philanthropy as the third leg in the stool of how we could 
uh, have revenue to sustain the paper was the right way to go. And we were very gratified to receive news from the IRS on November 4th that, in fact, we have been approved. And this really opens the door for other newspapers like us to move forward with this model as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious about the changes that you think this might mean for the content of the Salt Lake Tribune. So when we think of nonprofits, for instance, and, and organizations that have nonprofit status, we often think of the neutrality, I guess, that that is uh, expected of them to stay out of of politics, to stay out of campaigning or uh, the idea of advocating for one thing over another. And of course, newspapers historically have always included the idea of opinion, the idea of an opinion page, the editorial page, where not only do they publish their own opinions, but they also publish others. I, I wonder how that comports with this idea of being a nonprofit. I think our community engagement will definitely deepen. Our editorial page and opinion pages will be as strong as ever. The one thing that we will not be able to do, uh, and a lot, a lot of newspapers already don't do this, is endorse candidates. Mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. direct electioneering. And nonprofits are not allowed to do that. Right. We are a public charity, so we are the same as as the Red Cross. I mean, just figure any nonprofit that you think of, Boys and Girls Clubs, YWCA. We were given the same um, status under the 501c3 as those organizations. And so we are prohibited from endorsing candidates, but that in no way prohibits our ability to take strong opinions about issues facing the community. You know, I heard when I was listening in about the water crisis, et cetera, in your your community, Mm -hmm. we would certainly in Salt Lake take a strong position and bring in people um, of different opinions to share their thoughts about that crisis and others that would that face our state. Um, so opinion and, uh, you know, strong editorials, absolutely. A direct endorsement of candidates, vote this way, no. But that doesn't that. mean that we can't provide a lot of information to help people decide how to vote. Right. Uh, I also wonder if you can talk about the, the relief I guess, that this will bring to the Salt Lake Tribune and give us a sense of the strain that the paper maybe has been been under for the last few years. Uh, does this push the paper into the realm of not having to worry about finances? Is it that big of a decision? <laughs> no, I, no. I'm sure the person in the, your CFO is laughing right now at the thought that a nonprofit <laughs> right? never worries about money. Nonprofits worry about money all the time. Maybe and, more than and, other and, folks, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe more than others. And, and I think a nonprofit news organization is probably among the worriest. <laughs> That's the word. No, this, this in no way... Uh, is a, a golden ticket to, you know, financial freedom. That's simply not the case. What it does allow us to do is turn to the community, much as you are today, and ask that community for a new kind of support mm-hmm. and to deepen their commitment. It also allows us to receive grants, um, to receive bequests, larger foundation funding, et cetera, that, right, that hasn't been available to us prior. You know, we're, there are models in other communities, like you mentioned Philadelphia. The the Philadelphia newspaper is a benefit corporation. Right. It is not a not-for-profit, but it's owned by a not-for-profit. 
in our community right here in Salt Lake, we have a newspaper called the Deseret News, Mm -hmm. which is owned by a not-for-profit, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. What's different about what we're doing is it's a little more in line with with what you do, which is we are a not-for-profit organization. We can charge for some of our services. We're going to charge for the the newspaper. Um, We will charge for people who want to advertise. We'll also have corporate underwriting. We'll pay tax on uh, the ads that are not related to our mission, but we will not pay tax on the income that we receive from the print subscriptions or from the digital subscriptions. And one way to think about it is this. You know, you don't storm the symphony or a play and expect to get a seat. Mm-hmm. You pay for that, mm-hmm. for that content. In the same way, people pay for the content of the Salt Lake Tribune and so we will ask them to continue to pay for that content and make a gift in addition, as well as going after major gifts and, and sponsorships and other things. Yeah. So so going back to my previous question and, and sort of rephrasing, I guess, a little bit, uh, one of the things I was wondering about was the removal of that profit motive. In other words, that the idea that you have to make a certain amount of money to please ownership, whether that ownership is private or uh, the stock market, you know, the, the publicly held uh, uh, newspapers around the country. I, I'm wondering what kind of boost that gives to a paper like the Salt Lake Tribune. Well, we'll have to, I think there's a myth that nonprofits can't make a profit. They should all make profit because that's how they stay in business. Right. We, the pressure that we'll be receiving to turn a profit or to be sustainable, will be coming from the board of directors of the paper, as well as the readers. They want a strong newspaper. They want a strong, independent voice in Utah. They deserve it. We need to provide that. We'll be asking them to help us provide it by providing donations and support. Uh, but we would anticipate that the, the pressure, if that's the right word, the mm-hmm. expectation is that we continue a legacy of excellent independent journalism, Mm -hmm. watchdog journalism. And that's so critical for all of our local communities. Who else is looking at the legislature, at the city councils, um, at the way tax dollars are used, but local independent journalism, not national journalists, local journalists. Mm -hmm. And so if anything, I, I anticipate that the expectations for excellence, and for excellence we need money, will only increase. Hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Fraser Nelson. She is the vice president of business innovation at the Salt Lake Tribune, a newspaper which recently decided to become a nonprofit news organization. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. We're talking today about nonprofit news here on Giving Tuesday, the time when we are asking you here at WDET to help support our nonprofit operation here uh, with a donation. Uh, Tell us, other than WDET, where do you get your news these days? Are you paying for subscriptions to any newspapers or for other kinds of online journalism? Why or why not? And do you think more news organizations should go nonprofit? Do you feel like that is a way to preserve some of the news organizations that we have seen really struggle or in some extreme cases 
actually go away in recent years. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and uh, put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Um, before we get to callers or comments, Frazier, I want to I want to get you to talk some about um, about the mission of the Salt Lake Tribune and whether you think that will be altered by this move to nonprofit. Uh, this idea that that perhaps you become more of a community resource or more focused on the idea of community because. Uh, again, you move into this this different space. Well, I really enjoyed um, hearing about the community meetings you all were holding around water quality yeah, our in book the Detroit club. and Flint sure. areas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those kinds of things are very much in line with the nonprofit mission. Uh, the the Tribune, like most newspapers, you know, was very successful for for decades, and though it has certainly has a history of holding uh, community forums. I think becoming a nonprofit really allows us to do some of the creative community engagement work like you're doing at WDET, mm-hmm. uh, book clubs, things like that. I think, you know, we've always held debates. We've been um, part of the, the effort to have, you know, candidate debates. I think there's ways for us to expand that kind of uh, community learning, group community learning. We also need to do a real good job, as all nonprofits do, of understanding our our donor base, understanding our customers. So we'll be holding events to reach out, particularly in rural communities. You know, Utah has a lot of rural, very rural, isolated areas. Going to those communities and, and touching base with our readers and supporters and learning about more about what their needs are. You know, years ago, we had 130 reporters spread across the state of Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're down to, you know, a couple handfuls. Wow. And like many papers across the United States, we've had to cut back our coverage of, of local governments um, in smaller towns and jurisdictions. What creative ways can we um, come up with to expand that kind of coverage that maybe uh, we'll never, I would imagine, we'll never have sort of a, a a reporter in every county in Utah, mm-hmm. again, but we might be able to find ways um, with our nonprofit status to expand that kind of community engagement and reporting work. Yeah, uh, I also wonder what your staff is saying and how they're reacting to something like this. Uh, I spent most of my adult life working in newspaper newsrooms and have watched as the anxiety grows over uh, declining profits uh, over layoffs and buyouts that, that seemed never to end. I, I wonder if this maybe brings a sense of relief to the people who are who are working there at the Tribune. Well, uh, I guess I don't have to tell you that journalists are skeptics. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. I, you know, I'm, I'm not from a, a newspaper background, so I thought everyone was you know, throwing rose petals at my feet. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> they have a lot of hard questions, and their number one question, uh, and I think it's the number one question of our readers, too, is how would this, could this impact our impartiality? How would this impact our ethics? You know, if we get a, a donation from uh, a major power, you know, source mm-hmm. in Utah, 
will we be less inclined to take that organization, that person, that business to task? Mm. That was their big concern. You know, I think there's obviously we're not going to receive a grant from uh, the foundation of the woman that runs the Utah Jazz and then say, oh, the Jazz are fantastic and they won every game. I mean, that <laughs> that would be obvious. But there are subtle ways that influence can um, enter a person's determination about what to cover. So we're placing a very thick, tall, impenetrable wall between development or fundraising and editorial content. Hmm. And um, I think that was their number one concern, was to make sure that, that, that they were free to do the job that they are trained to do. And the answer is absolutely. There's no doubt that sometimes donors uh, may be angry with us, and that's going to be okay. If they pull their funding, if they uh, decide not to donate, that's, that's fine. What, what we're known for is independent, excellent journalism. And the minute we lose that public trust, um, you know, if we ever were, we have to win that public trust every day, right? Mm-hmm. So we cannot in any way compromise that. Other than the concern about um, and the and the wanting to make sure that that independent voice remains, uh, I think that they're nervous, like we all are, to see how much people really love us. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I hear it a little bit in the voices of of public radio every time it's a pledge drive. It's like, do you still love us? Do you still need us? <laughs> and since we're the first newspaper in the country to try this, um, I think a lot of people are nervous. You know, will will people step up and support a local legacy newspaper, which have been known um, to be, you know, profitable for many, many generations? Right. So one thing we have to do, and and a recent Gallup poll conducted with the Knight Foundation really underscored this, is we have to be we have to be transparent about the fact that we're in financial trouble. We're not doing this for fun, you know. We're not doing this because we didn't have anything else to do. We're doing this because we need public support in order to survive, mm-hmm. and we need people to understand that our financial situation is such that we are turning to them as another source, but a critical source of revenue in order to provide what we think uh, is an extremely important public service. One that, you know, is, is critical to our democracy, critical to our functioning as a community. So, um, yeah, I think we're all on a little bit of pins and needles uh, to see how this works, but yeah. response so far has been very, very positive. Yeah, I was going to ask if if you've got a sense so far of how the community is responding to this. Are they stepping up and saying, yeah, we'll support local news? Yes, they are. And uh, we're actually kicking off our first real fundraising campaign um, after Giving Tuesday. We knew that Giving Tuesday is super noisy, and we thought, well, we we, we, did, we wanted to let, you know, seasoned nonprofits do their thing. Um, so we will be kicking off our first, you know, kind of grassroots donation uh, process later this week, and uh, it'll run through the month of December. So it'll be very enlightening to see how our messaging is playing, mm-hmm. how, um, you know, what the response is. We've also set up... A, another organization called the Utah Journalism Foundation. And this is uh, meant to serve as an endowment, not only for the Salt Lake Tribune, but for other independent news organizations in the state, because we're all in the same boat. 
Um, and so that foundation is raising $60 million in the next couple years. Uh, and then the earnings from that endowment will go to help support uh, the Tribune and other journalistic enterprises and perhaps scholarships and, and some of this community outreach work that you're talking about. Yeah. Okay, uh, Fraser Nelson, Vice President of Business Innovation at the Salt Lake Tribune. It was really great to hear about what you are up to out there uh, in Utah. And, of course, we wish you all the best with uh, this new business model and the connection with your community. Thank you, and I, I certainly encourage everyone listening to support their local journalism, especially the station you're listening to right now. Yes, absolutely. It is Giving Tuesday after all. All right, Fraser, thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. Up next, we're going to take a look at how the news is impacting us these days and sometimes making us feel downright sick. Are you stressed out by the things that you see in the news? Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you can download the Detroit Today podcast on iTunes. And remember, it is Giving Tuesday, your chance to show your support for independent journalism here at WDET. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. 